Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Okay, so we are on part three of the power of consistency. The power of consistency. Is anybody else enjoying this series about the power of consistency? Anybody else being empowered, right, about the power of consistency to be faithful, to be consistent, that God's got a plan, that we got this, right, that he's going to see us through to the other side? It's power of consistency, right? We are living in such a fast-paced world, right? We want it all. We want it now. It's how it goes, right? And especially in the U.S., Especially in the U.S., it's good. Especially in the U.S., it's fast, 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 fast. When we've been to missions, we've been to Mexico, we've been to different parts of Mexico, we've been to Guatemala, and you, when you get here, you realize everything is so fast. Fast pace, right? We like fast cars. Anybody else? We like fast cars. We like fast food. <laughs> You go to different parts of Mexico, and it's crazy. It's wild because it's like tamales, tamales, and they've got pineapple and mango, and they got street tacos. Like every anybody else hungry? Okay, I'll stop. It's like when you. It's just a different place. It's just, and they just take their time and they eat, and you know, like you, we inhale food. <laughs> it's gone. You know, it's just crazy. We like, we like fast food, fast cars. We like fast internet. You know, when we were in Guatemala and we didn't have any internet, it was awesome. It was awesome because you want to know what we did? We communicated. We looked at each other and we talked. It was amazing. So we like fast, fast, fast. You know, we like fast food, but we also like fast weight loss too. (laughs) We want it all. We want it now. We want to be shredded and, you know, not just shredded cheese. We want to be shredded. And I'm just saying we like things fast, but there's power in patience and there's, there's power in consistency. Consistency is key because you learn a lot about yourself enduring long. You learn a lot about God enduring long. You learn a lot. We learn a lot, right? So we need to grow in what? We need to grow in patience. We need to grow in endurance. We need to grow in perseverance. All those words that we don't want, but we need. We just need to grow. We already have it inside of us. We have all the patience we could ever need. We just need to grow in it, right? God's given us the ability. Look at your neighbor and say, God's given you the ability. You have all that you need in Christ Jesus. It's just time to take responsibility. It's time to take responsibility. In Christ Jesus, we have all that we need. We just need to learn what we already have. That's why we come to church. That's why we take notes. That's why we go over the YouTubes, right? That's why we watch it again and again and again and again. Why? So we can learn what God says about us. So we can start applying the word on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We need to apply the word in our everyday life. We need to apply consistency in our finances. We need to apply consistency in our relationships. We need to apply consistency in our health, right? We need to apply consistency. God's word, faithfulness, endurance, long-suffering. Nobody likes that word. Nobody wants to suffer long, right? Okay, so Galatians 5, 22. 
This is the amplified. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how you act while waiting. That is the huge key difference. It's not the ability to wait, but it's how you act while waiting. And that's why, that's why I was starting like, but with here in the U.S., we like it fast. We want it all. We want it now. We don't want, we want fast food. It's like, we want good food. All of us, you know what I mean? Like you want the good stuff, but it is so much easier to go through the drive-thru. And then we rationalize it that it's cheaper and it's going to save us time. And then at the end, you're like, bleh. <laughs> you wish that you had just picked up some groceries, which ends up being cheaper, lasting longer. You have leftovers. You know, I'm just saying. But we want it fast. We want it now. That's why we need to build patience. We need to grow in patience. It's not the ability to wait, but it's how we act while waiting joy, inner peace, patience, right? Where I'm at, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We have patience. We just need to grow in it. Have any of you guys seen a toddler? You know, oh, this is the cutest thing. Anybody been on TikTok? I don't have TikTok, but you know, they're all over the place now. So the toddler challenge, okay? So you put your, a bowl of candy or a bowl of cookies or your toddler's favorite goldfish, whatever it is, and you put a bowl of it right in front of them, okay? And the mom says, I have to go to the restroom. I'll be right back, okay? And you know there's a camera on the kid. The kid don't know it. And the kid's like, ah. their patience is being tested, right? And majority of the kids, they look, you know they're looking for the mom too. They're like, whoop, whoop, scan the room, grab a handful, and they put it in their mouth. It was so cute. Stormy is like, patience, patience, patience. Y'all already know who that is. Yeah. She was like, patience, 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 patience. And then the mom comes back, she's like, did you wait? <laughs> Hand in the bowl. <laughs> like, how are we going to grow in patience? How do you grow in patience? Opposition. <laughs> we don't want no opposition. We don't want no various trials. We don't want no troubles. We ain't got no troubles. Ain't no trouble with you. Nah, we good. No, no thanks. I'll pass. But we actually need those so that we can see where we're at. It's so cool. The teacher gives you a test to see what you have retained, to see the teacher's not out to get you, okay? Your teacher, your instructor's not out to ruin your life. They just want to prove for, to yourself what you know. You can't fake it till you make it on a test. You gotta know the answers. They gotta be in you, and that's life. Guys, God's not testing you, life is. Pass the test. Pass the test. Life is going to throw tests at you just in the stage that you're at, in the season that you're at, in the area of your life. Pass the test. Patience, patience, patience. And with great patience comes great reward. Great reward, great reward, right? It's time to pass the test. Jesus said in Luke 16, 10, 
If you're faithful in small-scale matters, you'll be faithful with far bigger responsibilities. If you're crooked and dishonest in small responsibilities, you'll be no different in big things. Guys, we don't want to be faithful in small things. We want to be faithful in big things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like in here with the responsibilities. People are like, I want to be on the stage. Like, I want to preach the word. But like, hey, can you come down and pull the weeds? Can you come down? We need, we need some help with the cleaning. Can you come down? We got um, all these COVID things. That we're, um, we're, we're Lysoling, Cloroxing, bleaching, everything. Do you want to come down? Like, I'll pass. You know, I, I, um, Saturdays are for the boys, you know, um, whatever. I said it. Whatever it is, but like if it's on the stage or we need you to do some kind of announcement or we need you to, yeah, 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 I want to be with big responsibilities. And God's like, can you be faithful in the small? Can you be faithful in the little? And it's crazy how it's the little that gets great. We can't just jump. This ain't fast food. This ain't Taco Bell. We ain't going through the line. I want a chalupa nacho grande with extra whatever. I don't even know if you can get extra at Taco Bell, but extra fire sauce. Guys, come on. I need more fire sauce. I feel like I like have to beg for it. Like, can I get some more fire sauce? And they give me two. No, I ordered 20 tacos. So that means I need 50 packs of sauce. Just throwing it out there. Okay. I must be really hungry tonight. <laughs> Are y'all hungry? Y'all hungry for the word? Y'all hungry for God? Let's go. Consistency creates a compound effect. It's like, boom, all of a sudden, it, it just happens, you know? And it's like, no, it di you didn't just gain 15 pounds. It wasn't the Rona Rona 15. It wasn't the freshman 15. It took you your whole freshman year to get there, right? Corona Rona been six months, baby. It's time to let it go, right? It's time, whatever it is. But all of a sudden, it's like, boom. But it's the compound effect of little small choices that, that add up to great success, great reward, or great failure, right? Consistency creates a compound effect. Consistency and responsibility will always promote you. How many of you guys want a promotion? Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness? Come on. Consistency will perfect you, mature you, reward you. Consistency compounds for great success, right? Complacency. Can I get a witness? Complacency, all right? And irresponsibility will always demote you. Anybody want to be demoted? No, oh, no, no thanks. That was, a, that was a big no. You weren't sure about promotion, but you know you don't want to be demoted for sure. It will deceive you, delay you, stop you, keep you ignorant. Complacency compounds into great failure. Nobody dreams of, as they're a kid, like, I want to grow up, and when I grow up, I want to be a Toys R Us kid. No. You're like, when I grow up, I want to be a failure. I, I, I want to be a loser. I, I want to become nothing in life and, and make nothing of my life and be poor and be broke and struggle all the days of my life. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. You know what? When you hear these kids, when I hear these teenagers, they're like, yeah, I want a roly, 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 roly. Yeah, and not a poly, 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 poly. <laughs> a roly, poly? Anybody out there? <laughs> 
the little bugs, they used to call them roly polies, you know? Oh, look, it's a roly poly! <laughs> so whenever I hear that song, I'll roly, 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 I was like, I always think poly, poly, poly. <laughs> Anyways. But nobody's like, I want to grow up and be a loser. No, you want to grow up and have a great life. You're watching all them Hallmark movies and you're like, oh, yes, I want to grow up and have the perfect guy with the perfect teeth. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're not like, oh, I want to grow up and marry, you know, the guy with no teeth. Look at all. You know, nobody, that's not nobody's dream. That's nobody's hallmark, right? But girl, you better get consistent at brushing your teeth. You better get consistent at flossing your teeth if you want them when you're older, okay? That's <laughs> jokes. But you know what? It's true. We got to be consistent. We got to be consistent. We consistently brush our teeth. Why? Because we want great teeth later. It's not because we love brushing our teeth. Oh, this is so much fun. This is so great. No, it's because you don't want stanky breath and you don't want no teeth later. So you're faithful in the little, right? And thank you, Jesus, later. I ain't paying all this money for braces to have crooked teeth when I'm done. No way. No way, right? You're going to have the perfect smile when you're done. It's just going to take some time. It's going to take some time. You choose. Look at your neighbor and say, you choose. It's up to you. It's up to you. Consistency or complacency. It's up to you. You're going to eat the reward of either. You're going to eat the fruit of either one. Consistency or complacency. You choose, right? You can create a great future when you understand the power of consistency and being faithful in the little. Being faithful with what's in your hand. What has God put in your hand today? What, what, what time do you have that you can bring to the house of God? Right? What talents do you have that you can bring to the house of God? What treasure do you have that you can bring to the house of God? Plant it in the ground and watch God multiply that seed. Watch God do what no one else could do. You know what you need to do? We all need to do is start today. Start right now. You're like, oh, I'm such a loser. Well, start right now. You're not a loser right now in this moment. You're sitting here looking great, okay? You're a winner. You're a winner right now. So start winning right now. Keep on winning. Today matters. Yesterday, right? Yesterday's history. That saying, yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. But today is a gift from God. Use it wisely. Yesterday's history, it's gone, it's over. Tomorrow's a mystery. It'll worry about itself. Today is a gift. Use it wisely because today matters, right? It's time to take control of our lives, our destiny, and our future. And it starts with taking control of our today. It starts taking control, being consistent with what's in our hand today, being faithful in the little. Great success doesn't happen overnight. You guys, you know what movies are made about? About those who endured hell and overcame and then became a great success. And we pay money to watch that movie. We pay money to watch that documentary with our bowl of popcorn like, oh my gosh. You got your tissues, you're like, ah, ah. When Michael Jordan's dad died, I was like, ah, ah. I had no idea, but anyways. But like, we watched those documentaries and they had great success. They were consistently champions. You know what they were consistent at? Practice. And I'm not promoting, I'm just saying it was, it was inspiring, okay? Watch it at your own discretion. 
<laughs> All right. Be faithful in the little. Be faithful in the little, in our daily choices. Little things, when you wake up, what is something, like, I'm hearing so many testimonies about people being consistent, right? Taking the 30-day challenge, the 60-day challenge, the 90-day challenge. Start with something. Start with something. If it's, if it's making your bed, if it's driving the speed limit, right? I committed to not texting while driving. That's huge. That's so stupid. I hate when other people do it, but somehow I get caught up, like, just real quick. And you look like the same person that you're like honking, like, get off the road. And they're like this. Like, what are you doing? You think they're drunk and then you finally get up and they're texting. You're like, are you kidding me? My life is in your hands. Put the phone down. So then I just remind myself, I'm making a commitment. <laughs> you know what? I got to lead and change, right? We can't just talk the way. We got to show the way, right? Daily responsibilities add up to great success. I want to live long and strong, like Chattel said. We're going to live long and strong. Put the phone down. Put the phone down, right? James, the brother of Jesus, said in James 1, 24, 1, 2 through 4, <laughs> My brethren, count it all joy. Woo! Count it all joy. Let's go. Who's ready to count it all joy? Who's ready to throw a party? Who's ready to have a championship party? Count it all joy when you fall into Various trials. What? No, no, I don't. Trials, troubles. I ain't throwing a party. What does God's word say? God's word is always the opposite of how we're trained. God's word is completely opposite of how we think. Throw a party when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That word again patience, patience, patience. Right? Great reward. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Who wants to be perfect? Hello, we all do. Who wants to be complete? How about this? Who wants to be lacking nothing? I want to be lacking nothing. Who wants various trials? No hands go up. <laughs> we want to be perfect. We want the championships, right? We want the victories. But you got to play the game. You got to show up to practice. You got to show up to grow up. This is practice right here. We're learning about life in this here, in this here. Yeah. <laughs> and all the internship. What is Christian? What is Christianity? <laughs> I'm spitting all kinds of game right now. What is Christianity? Life. That's right. And here at Love Life, we learn about life. We learn about taking God's word into our everyday life and having great success. So this is practice. We're here at practice and we're learning about what we can apply in the game. What can we apply in that whatever is coming at us out in the world on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? How we are going to apply it. We're going to come out through the other side. We're going to come through this. Whatever it is you're going through right now, it's not gonna go, we're not going to go around. If you're going to go around, you're going to go around and around and around and around. For the rest of your life, you're going to be going around the same situation, the same struggle, dating the same person, but he's just got a new name. He's just going around and around and around. You get a new job, you got the same issues. You get a new, you know, you get a new job with new pay, and you're somehow still behind. How? 
It's because no one's taught you how to take self-control, right? How to have patience and how to deal with your finances. Or maybe no one's taught you about relationships. Well, we're going to learn that in the house of God. We're going to learn what God's word says about that so that we can have great success outside of this place, right? So we're coming through to the other side, no matter what you're going through. When you go through it with God's word, do you know that you come out with a greater understanding of God's love, of God's grace? right, of God's faithfulness, because you're like, man, if God did it for me then, he'll do it for me again. I didn't even deserve it. I wasn't even doing good, and God showed up, and God made a way for me, and you just start experiencing more of God's love, of God's grace, of God's faithfulness, right, in your everyday real life. Remain patient. Remain patient, full of endurance and perseverance, because you're gonna come out stronger, faster, better, wiser. Yes, we're gonna come out stronger. We're gonna come out wiser, right? Life doesn't get easier. Let me tell you young people, it don't get easier. You don't get easier. You get stronger. You get stronger when? When you show up to grow up. When you start applying this outside. When you take this information, you start applying it in your everyday life. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.14, now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He leads us in triumph where? In Christ. It's not by our own works. It's not by our own strength. It's not by our own wisdom. It's in Christ. And through, through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, people want to know. People want to know who we are, who we are. So we tell them. Who are we? The, the Jedi's for Jesus. Miss Boom Shakalaka over here, only God. Love life, kids on the mind. <laughs> so everywhere we go, people want to know who we are. Why? Because we're putting out a fragrance that says God is alive, that Jesus is alive, that there is hope, that we have the victory in him. We're putting that out there. Not being religious, slapping them with the Bible. They already know they're wrong. They already know they're off. But we're putting it out there that God is love, that his grace, it's only but by the grace of God that I am here today. Only but by the grace of God that my relationship survived that. Only by the grace of God that me and my kids are coming through. Only by the grace of God that we got that house, that we got that. Only by the grace of God. That's the fragrance we're putting out into the world, that God is good, that he's alive, that he's at work in us. When we listen to God and we set our focus on Jesus and we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we win every single time. We win every single time. Every single time. Whatever you're going through, you're going to make it through. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. We're going to make it through, right? Say it. Say, I'm going to make it through this. I'm coming through to the other side. I'm breaking through to break out. I will not be destroyed in the middle. I will not grow weary, bitter, or resentful. Come on. And I will not blame God. We all have a choice to make. And you have to make this choice for yourself. Are you going to blame others? Are you going to take responsibility and grow up? Because we like to blame. We're, we look for excuses. Oh, it's because, it's, because, it's because of my parents. Yeah. Oh, it's because of the teacher. 
Oh, it's because of my boss. Yeah, they're just out to get me. I mean, like, literally everybody's out to get you? Come on. <laughs> Let's take responsibility, right? We have a choice to make. We can quit. We can give up. We can blame. Or we can overcome. We can look to Jesus, and we can overcome, right? We can let patience have its perfect work in us, and we can be made perfect complete, lacking nothing. Okay, here we go, guys. We are going to look at a hero in the Old Testament. His name is Joseph. Anybody know Joseph? He's such a cool guy. We're going to look to him, and he's, it's, he, it's a long story. Like, you're going to have to read it for yourself, because, you know, okay, let me just tell you something. Let me just throw this out. Let me tell you something, okay? You don't need no novelas. You don't need no soap opera, no Grey's Anatomy, no Netflix. You don't need no Hulu and chill. You need the Bible, okay? The Bible's got so much stories in there. We, you would be like, get out your popcorn because it's crazy. It's wild. If they made a whole movie of the Bible, we wouldn't even be allowed to watch it. It would be rated something we wouldn't even go see. You want, like, let's get into the Word, okay? Let's get into the Word. Okay, here we go. I'm serious. I'm just, you, I'm, I'm serious, guys. I'm not kidding. This is better than any novella. Novella is a Mexican soap opera, right? I'm saying it right. Yeah. All right. I thought, I thought that's what people say, but no, Grace Anatomy. Let's go. Let's see what God's word says. Okay, so God gave Joseph. Okay, it's Genesis chapter 37 through 50. So put the Bible, you got the Bible app? Just put it on, play the dramatic one. I mean, go to town, okay? So God gave Joseph two dreams about how he was going to, how God was going to promote him and how his family would bow down and he would lord over them. Okay, how would you guys like that? Your kid brother. He's like, look, I had a dream. Y'all going to come bow down before me? I'm a lord over you. (laughs) The brothers are like, oh, really? Really, okay? So Genesis 37. Here we go. This is the account of Jacob and his family when Joseph was 17. Guys, 17 years old. 17. Too young for what? For what? We ain't too young for nothing. You're never too young and you're never too old. All right? Here we go. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flock. He worked for his half-brothers, the son of his father's wives, those ladies. All right? But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. So basically, Joseph was the snitch, all right? He's the tattletale. He's like, the boys, they got their flag out. Saturdays are for the boys. And you know what, Dad? Yep, that's what they're doing, okay? And so Jacob loves Joseph. Oh, come here, my little tattletale. (laughs) I love you. I love you more than all your others because you're my favorite. Parents, don't have favorites. This is what happens. (laughs) Don't do it. She even need Christmas. I'm saying that because I wasn't a favorite. That's right. I said it. Okay. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in old age. So one day Jacob gave him a special gift. He got this special gift for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't stand him and they couldn't say one kind word to him. Let me just say this. There should not be any sibling rivalry. 
You know what? That is the worst thing ever. You should be your brothers or sisters, greatest cheerleader, greatest champion. You should be championing them to, to fulfill their dreams. Why? Because we're in this together. They're carrying your same blood. When they win, you win. Okay, here at Love Live Church, there's none of that. We're in this together. Your siblings should be your best friend. I'm just saying that my sisters have been my best friends. We've been through thick and thin. We've been through a lot together. We have each other's back. Nobody got your back like a sister, just saying. Like, we've been through some stuff. I just wanted to throw that out there. This kind of stuff happens when you got some rivalry going on. Back to the story. Here we go. All right. So they they hated him for it. So one night, Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers about his dream, and they hated him even more. They're like, he's like, guys, listen to my dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around, and they bowed down to my bundle. That's right. <laughs> How do you like me now? How do you like me now? His brothers are like, so you think you're going to king over us? Okay. Do you actually think you're going to reign over us? Okay. They hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about his dreams. You dreamer. So Joseph had another dream. He's like, guys, I got another dream. I got another dream. Listen, I had another dream. He said, now the sun and the moon and 11 stars bow down before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers. And his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, boy? He asked him, what, you think your mother and I, all of your brothers are actually going to bow before you? While he was, uh, but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered, what are those dreams about? Okay, soon after this, Joseph's brothers, they went to pasture the father's flocks, right? So Jacob's like, okay, my little tattletale, come here, my favorite son. Go see what your brothers are doing. Okay, then you bring a report back to me. Are they doing what they're supposed to, or is it Saturdays are for the boys? Okay, Genesis 37, 18. I don't even know what that is, so if that's bad, I'm sorry. I just thought it was funny. Genesis 37. Okay, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, so he's like, go out and get your, see what your brother's doing. So the brothers see him coming. They're like, oh, great, here comes the tattletale. They see him from a distance. He's approaching, and they make plans to kill him. See, this is why you don't play favorites. This is why you shouldn't have rivalry, okay? This is never going to happen, but this is a story. This is the novella that we're jumping into. This is in the Bible, guys. He's like, here comes the dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. Um, We can tell our father that a wild animal came and just ate him up. Then... We'll see what happens to his dreams. We're going to take his dreams away. We're going to take his life away. But when Reuben heard of their schemes, he came to Joseph's rescue and says, Oh, wait, wait, guys, let's not kill him. Okay, hold on, hold the phone. You know, we don't want to kill him. We don't want to shed any blood. Let's just throw him in one of the empty cisterns. And his brother Reuben was secretly planning to come and rescue him. He was like, Okay, we'll just throw him in this, and then he's going to come back, and he's going to pull him out, and he's going to return him to his dad. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off his beautiful robe that he was wearing. They grabbed him and they threw him in the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And they're sitting around eating. And they looked up and they saw a caravan. They see a fiesta coming by, right, of camels in the distance. And they're like, I've got an idea. 
you know what? We're going to have to make up a story. We're going to be like, and so how about we just sell him? Let's not kill him. Let's just sell him to the caravan that's coming by. We won't kill him. We'll just sell him. So Joseph's brother pulled him out, and they sell him for 20 pieces of silver to the traders, and the traders took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben comes back. You know, the guy that wanted to rescue him, the brother. Well, how come he wasn't there when they were eating tacos, cat? I don't know where he went. He took a break. He comes back. They gone. And then he comes back, and he's like, ah! This is the novella part. They all rip their clothes. Ah! And cry. That's just what they do in the Bible, okay? And he went back to his brothers crying. The boy is gone. The boy is gone, gone, gone. That boy is gone. I'm sorry that you seem to be confused. He, no. (laughs) That boy is gone. That's a way old school song. But that boy is gone. What will we do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat because remember they took his robe. They dip his robe in the blood and they're like, they, they send it to the dad. And they're like, see, he died. He got, he got eaten up. He got eaten up by a, a goat, I guess. <laughs> Smells like goat. <laughs> that wasn't the greatest of all time. That was goat, all right, the real goat. So the father, he's like, do you recognize this coat? And the father's like, yes, that's my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him up. But Joseph was clearly torn to pieces by this book. Okay, I thought he was talking about jo- Joseph, he was clearly torn to pieces. So what does Jacob do? He rips his clothes. Ah! Ah! That's what they do. He ripped his clothes and he starts to cry. And he refused to be comforted. He says, I will go to my grave mourning my son. And every time they would try to help him, he's like, nope, don't help me. I'm taking this to the grave. So meanwhile, the, the fiesta, the the party that was coming, they're not partying. They're just traitors, okay? So they come, and they trade Joseph, and they sell him to Potiphar. And Potiphar is an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he gets sold into slavery. Guys, he had a dream God's going to use him, and now he's a slave? What happened, right? Joseph gets sold into slavery, and yet 13 years would pass. And patience would have its perfect work. Thirteen how many? Thirteen how many? Thirteen how many? (laughs) Thirteen years. You guys, we get impatient after 13 minutes. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen seconds. We can't even wait for our food to heat fully in the microwave. We have to hit the button, take it out. Is it cold? Oh, it's still cold. You put it back in. It has a minute. It's 30 seconds. Take it out. Put it. Oh, it's still cold. And you put it back in. Like, we, we, we can't even wait 13 seconds, 13 years, right? His brother sold him into slavery. You know what Joseph was? He was faithful. He was a faithful slave. He was consistent to do what was right by God. He was consistent. And you know what happened? His master put him in charge of his whole house. His master put him in charge. So the master's wife, she's crazy. Here goes back to the novella, Okay. She's crazy. She's wild. I don't know. This, this lady's wild. So she, she sees that he's a slave, right? So his master's wife, okay, this, this is making it clear. She saw that he was handsome, he was young, and he was successful. And she said, come lie with me, okay? You know what that means, okay? And he was like, ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-mm. 
He done run out of there. She done ripped his clothes. You know what, Joseph? He needs to, he needs to get some buttons or a zipper. <laughs> These people just keep taking his clothes. Gee, money. He's like, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm out of here. He's like, God's got big plans for my life, and you ain't one of them, okay? You single, that might be a confirmation you need. But anyways. So he's like, my master's trusted me with everything. So thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to pass. So she did not like that answer. She was like, what? How dare you? So she gets mad and she makes up a lie. And now she's got his robe because he done ran out like, ah! And, and she's like, ah, look what he did. He tried to lie with me. Okay, so she says that. And so what happens to Joseph? They throw homeboy in prison. He was a slave, now he's a prisoner. So let's see what he makes of this, right? But the Lord was with him. And he makes the best out of every situation thrown at him. He makes the best. He's faithful. He's consistent. He knows that God is with him. And God has granted him favor with the prison warden. Warden, yeah. So Joseph's consistent and faithful in prison. He gets put in charge of the prison. He's put in charge of his master's house. He's put in charge of the prison, right? With great responsibility comes great authority all the time. All right? He, he ruled. He stayed faithful. He remained consistent. He believed what God told him. He believed God's word. He believed, God, he believed God's promise. He believed that God was faithful. So he stayed patient. He endured. He kept, he kept encouraging himself. No, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. The promise is mine. It's my breakout year. It doesn't matter what came. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's breakthrough to breakout in every area of my life. I'm believing that word. I'm believing that word. Let me endure long because God, patience is having its perfect work, and I'm coming through to the other side. I'm coming through to the other side. Okay, so Pharaoh, he gets mad one day. He gets mad at his butler and his baker, and he sends them to prison. He sends them to the same prison that Joseph's at, all right? Genesis 40. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night. Each dream had, a, it had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they were both looking upset. He's caring for others. He's looking out for the best of others. He's like, guys, what's wrong? And they're like, we had a bad dream. And he says, um, interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead, tell me your dreams, because I'm about God's business. <laughs> he knew what he was about, right? So Joseph interprets their dreams. Everything that Joseph interpreted happened. It happened, and the butler gets his job back, and he forgets all about Joseph. Joseph is doing the right thing. Joseph is doing the right thing every single time. He's being faithful to what's another man's. He's being faithful with other man's visions. He's being faithful what's been put in his hand. And what it looks like, it looks like his dreams are never going to come true. But he remains faithful. He remains faithful. He remains focused on God. Two years later, two years, sometimes we have trouble with two minutes. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. And the butler's like, hey, I remember this guy in prison. Yeah, he helped me out with the dream. Two years, bro, two years. And just like that, 
that compound effect. And just like that, consistency, just like that, Joseph goes from the pit to the palace. He goes from prison to the palace. I'm sure he had to clean up too, but just like that. So he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and he gives him advice about how to handle the famine that's about to plague them. From the pit to the palace, with great responsibility comes great authority all the time, every time. Joseph is now 30 years old. Hey, welcome to the 30s club. (laughs) I love this club. All right, 13 years would pass. 13 years, and all that happened to him was not a setback, but a setup. He didn't look at it as a setback. He said it was a setup for what God had in store for him. So in Genesis 41, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removes his signet ring. He gives it to Joseph. He says he puts him in the best clothes. He put a gold chain. He got a roly, 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 not a poly, 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 right? He put the gold chain on his neck. He rode in the chariot that was reserved for the second in command. And everywhere that Joseph went, they shouted, kneel down, bow down. They shouted. And Pharaoh says, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land without your approval. Wow. Only God could do that. So later his brothers, they come. They're forced to travel to Egypt because they're out of food. They're out of supply. And they need to survive, right? They need to survive for their family. So the brothers come. And you know what they do? They bow before Joseph. And they ask him for food and supply, but they don't know that it's their brother. They're just bowing before whoever's in second command in Egypt. And they're like, we need supply. We're here to buy supply. And they're bowing before him, just as Joseph dreamed, just as God had told him. He remained faithful, right? Joseph, he wasn't bitter. He wasn't resentful. He didn't blame God. He was happy to see his family. And he was so happy to save his family. In Genesis 45, 1 through 9, Joseph couldn't stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he says, everybody get out. So he was alone with his brothers and he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word quickly got carried to Pharaoh's palace. He said, I'm Joseph. It's me, your brother. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They're like, what? They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph. I am your brother who you sold into slavery. But don't be upset. What's happened to you that you need to forgive others? That you need to let it go? And he said, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourself for selling me to this place. It was God's plan. God's plan. That wasn't the song, right? God's plan. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine is about to take revenge or, you know, it's about to go for five more years. And nothing's going to, you're not going to have harvest. There's not going to be no plowing. He said, God sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive, to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me the advisor of Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and governor of all of Egypt. He's like, now hurry back and go get my dad. (laughs) He's like, go get my dad. 
And he says, tell him, your son Joseph, God made me master over all of the land. Come to me immediately. In life, we are not promised no pressure. We are promised that God is with us. We are promised that we have the victory in Jesus. We are promised that he has already overcome it through the cross. It is in him that we have victory. You know what? We go through stuff, but we don't go through it alone. We have God with us. We just have to choose to look to him. We have to choose to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We need to choose to keep focused on his word, on his promises, what he said to us. We need to endure and have perseverance. We need to endure hard things with the grace of God, with the love of God, with the mercy of God, knowing that God is with us. As believers, we don't have to do it alone, right? Let's let God work it together for our good. In Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. Not everything in my life has been good, but everything worked together for my good. You, why? Because along the way I met Jesus, and then I could see Jesus all along the way. You can see Jesus all along the way. God has a plan. Do not give up. Like, I wouldn't change any part of my story. Why? Because it helps others. God's going to use your story, the things you've been through, the things you've overcome. Why? Because he wants you to help others. It's like Joseph was honored to save his family. I'm honored to save someone. To save someone from what? From the bad choices that I made. If I, can, if I can show somebody, hey, you know what? There's another way. God has a plan for you. You don't need to take that route, right? Let's endure long. It's how we handle pressure that makes us or breaks us, right? It's how we handle it. Do we turn to God or do we run from God? When all hell's breaking loose, do you run to the house of God or do you run from God? You run from everybody. Are you running to God? You have a choice to make, right? God has so much in store for us. We just got to trust him. We got to trust him. We got to look to him. We got to look to his word. We got to listen to those novellas and get hope, <laughs> right? We look back to the Old Testament for some examples, how they persevered and how they saw victory, right? We, it's amazing, right? Creating a compound effect in our life. Stay faithful. Stay focused on God's word. Stay consistent in the little things. In the little things, God's going to use you to change the world, to save the world. Let's be consistent. Let's be inspired by Joseph, right? Creating a compound effect. How many of you guys want Joseph's life, right? How many of you guys want to rule and reign? But how many of you guys want to endure long? <laughs> but with great responsibility always comes great authority. You know what? If you have not received Jesus and you would like to receive Jesus, you would like to come become a part of the family of God, you would like to say, yes, I want, I want help. I don't want to go through this alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You know what? God loves you right where you are, but he doesn't want to leave you there. He's got plans for your life. He's got purpose for your life. He wants to bring you out and bring you up in this life. So if you'd like to receive Jesus, it's easy. You don't have to earn it. You 
you can't buy it. All you have to do is receive it as a free gift. Simply calling on the name of Jesus, you're born again. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know what? I want to give you the opportunity to say this prayer. And if it's your first time, let's say this prayer together. Everybody, let's say it together. Say, Lord Jesus, I call on your name right now. I ask you to save me. Set me free. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life. Thank you, Jesus, for this new family at Love Life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God and welcome to Love Life Church family because we family here. We love you. We're excited for you. We believe in you. If that was your first time calling on the name of Jesus, please click that button that I received Jesus. Fill out that connect card. If you're in the building, it's your first time receiving Jesus. We'd love to see your hands. We'd love to celebrate with you. We have something for you. Pastor Jen wrote an amazing book about your next steps. The next steps. It's not just about getting to heaven, but it's about living heaven on earth, and God has a plan for you. So we'd love to get that resource to you. Please just fill out that connect card. I love you guys so much. I believe in you guys. I'm excited for our breakthrough to break out. God's got a plan for us. God's got a plan for you. How many of you guys receiving something about the power of consistency? Let's be consistent. Stay consistent. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.